there's so many good things that are happening in the midst of this sort of moment that we're living in as a culture. I want to be really careful in my personal life and with our church to make sure we're celebrating those. People are watching the messages each week. People are connecting in the Zoom community groups. Uh, opportunities you're having to share the gospel with people. Uh, it's so exciting. Did you know nationally last week, the church actually broke the internet in the middle of all the streaming services and all the people tuning in to watch messages. So many platforms crashed. And man, what a what a neat testimony or neat sort of word of what God's doing in our world that this happened. Uh, God is up to something in the middle of coronavirus. And it is uh, it's a wild time, a time that demands faith, but it's also an exciting time. I want to talk with you today about a, a passage of scripture from John chapter 15. And as we jump into that, uh, those first few verses, I want to tell you a story about when I was a kid. I used to have a, a van, like all vans, little toy vans from the early 80s and late 70s. It was brown. They were all brown or green or some really ugly uh, kind of color. My van was so cool. And it would carry my little G.I. Joe action figures and my Transformers, Dukes of Hazard and A-Team characters. They could scoot around the living room or around the yard where we were playing with them. I was so proud of that van. It's big black wheels could take a rough dirt road. Uh, it's inside was spacious. It had those cool sort of early 80s seats. And one day my cousin Sean was over at the house and we were playing with our toys and he was always more violent with my toys than he was with his toys. And on this particular day, I never will forget, I can remember it to the day, we were playing in the front yard and he snapped off the rear passenger wheel off of my brown van. And I can't remember in that moment if I was angry or if I was sad, but I know I worked through all the emotions in the hours that followed that. I was so mad at my cousin. I was so uh, grief stricken that my van had been broken. I remember my, my mom trying to fix it. Nothing came together. And I just grieved the loss of, of that toy that I loved. I still tried to play with it. it. It never was the same. It always had to ride on the three wheels. But man, I grieved the loss of that. As a culture right now, and especially as Christ followers, it can feel a bit like we're grieving the loss of normal. I don't know if you're feeling that, but there are some things in my life that have temporarily or maybe permanently gone away or been relocated, and it is difficult to adjust to. What in your life are you having to adjust to? Or, or even let me rephrase that. What is God currently sort of removing from your life and love that may not come back for a while or may not come back ever. Uh, Jesus prepared us for these moments. In, in fact, he didn't treat it like it was a robbery. He, he thought of moments like this in terms of a metaphor of gardening. And I want to read to you today from John 15, beginning in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's sharing with them about sort of who they are and who he is. He's not talking to a crowd. He's not even specifically talking to us per se, but he's talking to the disciples shortly before his arrest. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So Jesus here is talking about fruitfulness, not cleanliness. Uh, so often we can hear a passage like this and, and we can get sidetracked on two things. One, we can think that Jesus is talking about our need to be clean and he's not. Jesus isn't calling his disciples to become believers again. They were already believers. What he's calling them to is to more fruitfulness. 
Now in the church and with Christians, we hear this word of fruitfulness and we can often think it's talking about seeing people come to faith in Christ. And it's not. God's not calling us to be his sort of door-to-door evangelist, door-to-door salesman for the gospel. When Jesus speaks about fruit, he's not talking about people who became Christians because we shared the gospel with them. Think more about Galatians 5, where uh, Paul is writing to the church in the area, the churches in Galatia, and he talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus is talking about being the vine, God is the vine dresser, and the father, the vine dresser, is going around and he's pruning so we would be more fruitful. So now Jesus says in verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, it's this word over and over, this idea of abiding in Jesus. Just I want to stop really quick in verse 6 and talk about it. Abiding is like unconscious resting. This isn't some sort of new age idea or anything like this. Abiding in Jesus just means we're resting and we're not having to put effort into it. We're just abiding. I remember when Natalie and I first started dating, well, we could sit on the couch and watch a movie or whatever. And I just loved being in her presence. I still love it to this day. There's no place I feel more at rest than just spending time with my wife and my boys. And I know we all have friends or we have places that are like that, that just feel so restful. We don't have to think about it. It's just not even conscious restfulness, abiding in Jesus is just resting in Jesus and confident of our relationship with him. Effortless resting rooted in confidence in our relationship with God. So Jesus says, if anyone doesn't abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, God's words resting in us, us resting in God and his word, sort of just this, this give and take relationship where we're receiving from God, receiving rest in Jesus, and then living our life out through him. If we abide in him and his words abide in, uh, in us, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus isn't calling us to be fruitful, religious, go to church, anything. Jesus is calling the disciples and calling people who have given their life to Christ. He's calling us to abide. And man, abiding can be so hard right now. Do you feel like abiding can be hard? There's a few things I think we see in this. Uh, one really big idea, and then some things that kind of follow off of this, but it makes me think about my cousin and that old van. Uh, the first thing I think we see is that pruning is painful. Now there's three three sort of uh, branches that are occurring here. One branch is, this branch just isn't even connected to the vine. We used to have uh, in our yard, in a, in a previous home, we had all these bushes that lined the the driveway of our house. And uh, I remembered that all these other little vines would grow up into these bushes. 
And out of that, I have to go sometimes and just cut them. And basically you could see the stalk, the, 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 the branch, or not the branch, but the root of the, the bushes. And so I knew not to cut those. I knew not to cut those trunks. That's the word I'm looking for. But then you could also see all these offshoots, these little vines that would grow up and I would cut those and I couldn't figure out where to pull them out of the bushes. So I'll just let them die. And then after a week, you could see, cause they would dry up, you could pull them out. Jesus says there are dead things in our life that prevent us from abiding well. And so the, the vine dresser wants to come and cut those and remove them because they're dead. There are things that Jesus is pruning away that weren't life and weren't connected to the vine to begin with. For me, I don't know what it's like in your life. Right now, God is pruning away a love for sports. Uh, that is gone. God is pruning away some of the quietness of the day and even the predictability of the day that I used to have. God is pruning away a sense of comfort and rhythm to my life. What's God pruning away from your life right now that's dead and not even connected to him? One thing that I'm totally realizing for all of us is that we have an idol of busyness in our lives. And the church has maybe even contributed to some of that. And God is pruning away our busyness. It literally feels like we're detoxing away from that. And that's good and God honoring because some of our busyness was never connected to the vine anyhow. Pruning can be painful, but it leads to fruitfulness and abiding. You got to get all the dead stuff out of the way first, the stuff that wasn't connected to the vine to begin with. The next thing that happens with pruning, referring, so you've got to prune away the dead. Then you prune away the things that where there was some fruit, but you prune it so it can be more fruitful. So pulling away the dead is obviously painful, but pulling away what's alive so there can be more fruit is painful as well. My granddad and grandmother bought a house in 1994 that was in a county in Georgia, Peach County, Georgia. And I remember uh, they were moving into this subdivision that had been a peach orchard before. And so my granddad on the fly began to learn something about uh, farming peaches. And he had all these peach trees on his property. It wasn't a peach farm, but they left sort of to maintain some of the beauty of the neighborhood or what was before they left some peach trees. And my granddad taught me a few things about peach trees that relate to pruning. And I think this is similar for vines that grow grapes and olives. The first thing he taught me was that on a peach tree, there are what are called suckers. Now suckers are little peaches, but you have to pull them away because they suck away the nutrients from the best peaches. And Jesus right now is pruning some of us. We, we ache because we feel the prune of him pulling away the suckers. See, these are things that are good. They're just not God's best. And God is taking away some of the good so we get the best so we can be more fruitful. Jesus, the, the, and God the Father, the vine dresser removes the suckers. He removes the things that suck out the sort of uh, suck away maturity. He's taking away the immature things from us. And we can all feel that right now. It's not, it's not necessarily, uh, good or bad. It's just painful. And we feel the discomfort of those suckers, those good things that aren't the best being removed. The second thing that happens with a vine, I guess this would be true of my granddad's peach trees. It's definitely true of a vine. You, you, you pull away, you cut away the parts that are less fruitful so that the fruitful parts can get more light. Uh, what happens is when you, uh, you would get the best fruit, the best grapes as the, 
as the suckers, the, the immature grapes are gone. So when you remove the suckers, then the good grapes get the best light. And when there's more light, they begin to grow toward the light. Right now, guys, God is pruning away some things in our life that aren't necessary so that the, the true you, the true me is getting the most light and we're growing to the light. But that's painful. Whenever anything gets cut away, that's painful. But know that we're growing toward the light in this moment. The third thing that begins to happen, and I think this is the most beautiful, in a vine, not true of peach trees, true of a vine. With a vine, the vines will grow upward, outward, and inward. Vines naturally grow inward. And so the vine dresser comes through and cuts the inward growing vines so that the vine will grow upward and grow outward. And man, whew, what a metaphor for what God's doing right now. He's cutting away the inward things in our lives and it is painful. That pruning is painful, but he's cutting it so our hearts can grow upward toward God and outward toward one another in the church and outward into our community. So as you're feeling the pain of, and I'm feeling the pain of pruning, know that God is pruning away the dead stuff. He's pruning away the suckers, the things that aren't bad, but don't allow for the most growth. He's pruning away places so that the vine, our lives can grow toward the light. Jesus is the light and he's pruning away so that we stop being inward and we can grow outward and upward in worship toward him. Here's the gospel in that. We can't do that. You and I can't manufacture that. We can't make our hearts grow. It's, it's, it's darn near impossible for me to abide. It's hard for me some days just to sit still. I just feel so restless as things are being pruned away and there's so much to do. But Jesus gives rest. He invites us to come to him. And he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And if we'll come and trust and surrender, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus saves sinners but also once he saves sinners, he declares us saints by his death and resurrection. Uh, he declare, declares us clean, as that verse said, and then he begins to transform us. So the God who started our salvation is the God who maintains and prunes and develops our salvation. And he will be the God at the end of this who finishes our salvation. When we take our last breath on this earth and our first breath in eternity, we know that it's Jesus who took us from beginning all the way to end so we can abide. We can rest in relationship with Jesus. And it's not a relationship that we started or earned. It's one that he, initiate, he initiated, that he brokered, and that he maintains at all times. That's the good news of the gospel. There's a, a doctrine or an idea of Christian theology that Christians have historically believed and, and our sort of denomination has believed for hundreds of years. It's the idea of the priesthood of the believer. The idea of the priesthood of the believer means that uh, every Christian, every Christ follower has God's spirit in him or her, has the word of God, the Bible, and has the people of God. And so together and individually, we can be the people of God. You don't need a pastor or a priest to broker that relationship. The priesthood of the believer, we've probably gotten sloppy on it over the last few centuries, quite frankly, at least the last hundred years. We, we've become kind of codependent on our pastors and, and leaders more than we care to admit. What God is doing in coronavirus is he is returning the priesthood of the believer. It's so critical right now that you abide in Jesus and in his word and know that he is pruning you. You don't need me or any other preacher helping you understand all the inner workings of that. 
You rest. Let God cut away what's dead. Let God cut away what's inward. Let God cut away what sucks away the best uh, by the tyranny of the good. And let God cut away so that your heart can grow up toward the light. The last sort of measurable big revival in Wales began in 1904. Can I tell you it began with a, a girl, a teenage girl, in a church service. When everyone sat silent, this teenage girl made this statement. She said, I, if no one else is going to speak, I must say, I love Jesus with all my heart. And slowly around that church, people began to weep and cry and began to say, I must say, I love Jesus with all my heart. I love Jesus with all my heart. People would say this began to spread out of the church into the community and into the, across the countryside and through the country. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands came to faith because of this girl who history doesn't even know her name. Listen, as you abide in the middle of coronavirus and as you abide in your daily life, whether you're the youngest Christian in Christ Church Charlestown to the oldest, God is doing something. He's at work. And he is refining our lives so that we can say, I must say, I love Jesus with all my heart. And we can't understand the, the harvest of fruit that is going to grow out of that faith commitment. So let me pray for you that you would abide, that I would abide as God is doing the, the painful work of pruning. May we accept that it is good and it is occurring in love and it is going to produce a harvest of fruitfulness. God, thank you for every person listening. I thank you for your pruning. I thank you that you are a good gardener. And while you are pruning away, it's not for our pain, but it is for our fruitfulness. It's not so that we will be lovable. You are pruning us because we are perfectly loved. So God, as we feel the sting, help us understand that maybe you're cutting away some idols and some things that needed to go. And God, may our hearts as we rest and abide sense that we are growing up we are growing upward and outward, and we are laying the good on the altar uh, of trust so that we can receive the best. God, please grow up a fruit, uh, a fruitful harvest in our lives, in our families, in our communities. And God, if there are people watching today who've never given their life to you, I pray that they would understand that the greatest thing, the first and greatest thing they can do is turn from their sin, trust the finished work of Jesus at the cross, and commit themselves to follow you for the rest of their lives. God, help us not to waste this moment. When we grieve, help us understand what it is that we're grieving, but not just what it is that we're walking away from, but what we're walking into. And God, with expectation and hope and faith, may we, may we walk to fruitfulness in Christ. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we've got a connection card we'd love for you to go to. You'll see the link up on the screen. I'd love for you to go and share your name as well as the names of anybody watching with you, as well as any decisions, an email address if you're not already getting our weekly emails with the worship guide. And then I would love for you, if you have any needs or prayer requests, share those at the bottom. God bless you guys.